We try and be as optimistic as possible about Kentucky basketball on this show, but are there reasons to be concerned about this upcoming season? We talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be talking about some reasons to be concerned about Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know that I try and be as optimistic as possible when it comes to talking about this program, John Calipari as an individual and as a coach, and then just looking into the future, I just try and be as optimistic and as positive as I can. On today's episode, we're going to go over three reasons why you might be concerned about this upcoming basketball season that are legitimate. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a YouTube comment down below and kind of give your thoughts on the upcoming season, say whether or not you are concerned, maybe give some reasons, kind of explain your thoughts. Also, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and hit us on the socials at LockedOnUK on Twitter. You can tag us, you can message us, give us your thoughts on the upcoming season as well. Also going to be talking about Lance Ware, uh, who just went absolutely ballistic uh, during an outreach trip in Brazil, going to play uh, some uh, some games down in Brazil with Kareem Watkins, going to talk about what Ware did and a couple of the games he participated in. Also going to be talking about Chris Rodriguez, the Kentucky running back. If you've not seen what's going on with Chris Rodriguez, it's, uh, it's not a good look for the program. I'm going to talk about that later on in the show. Let's go ahead and get it started here, though. Three reasons to be concerned about Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. First reason here. And again, you may have your own reasons. Yours may be different from mine, but here are three that I thought of that I'm like, that this, this is legitimate. I think you could legitimately look at this and say that's a concern. The roster, I think, right now is a little short. You've only got 10 guys right now, I believe, that are on scholarship with the addition of a Thiero who just committed to the Wildcats recently, combo guard out of Pennsylvania. But I think the question here is, given the fact that your roster is still short, could Kentucky stand to add one more guy? Like, are they going to go after somebody else this offseason? I would like to think that they do, and so that's, that would kind of solve this concern, this in, initial concern for me. But I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to. I think a question you have to ask is, does ha- does Kentucky have enough at the three? Do they have enough depth to play guys at the three and feel comfortable about the rotation? And you think about some of the newcomers, maybe even throw in C.J. Frederick, who we've not gotten to see play for the Wildcats yet. You know, C.J. Frederick, Chris Livingston, Antonio Reeves, Cason Wallace, Aduthiero, who's going to be a project. He may not even see the court much at all this season. I mean, all those guys are unknowns. And so I, I don't necessarily think you can either take this a positive or negative way, but just knowing that those guys, you don't know anything about them heading into this season, that's a little bit of a concern. On top of that, your roster is not as lengthy as you would like it to be. For me here, though, I think Cason Wallace is going to be absolutely fantastic. But again, we're just playing devil's advocate here, just giving reasons to potentially be concerned. To me, it's refreshing to see some of these new faces, right? It's refreshing to see guys cycle in and out of the program, and every year you get somebody that you're new, that's new and exciting and really entertaining to watch. I think Cason Wallace, for me, is going to be that guy this season. But to go back to what I was saying initially, the roster is still short. There's there's 10 guys on scholarship. You need 
one or heck, maybe even two more guys if to really feel comfortable about things. But I think that that is a reason to be concerned about Kentucky heading into the 2022-23 season is not having enough guys in certain spots. I also think a question you have to ask here real quick, how does the depth in the front court pan out? And we're going to actually talk about that a little bit more later on. I've got a third reason here that kind of ties into this. But, I mean, you've got guys like Damian Collins and Lance Ware and Jacob Toppin who are all, I think, sound players. It's just what what does that look like outside of Oscar Shibway, right? Like, what does their production look, look like? Whenever Shibway's not on the floor, are one of those guys able to step up and not put out Shibway production, but not look like a backup sophomore center, right? Like, I, I would expect Lance Ware to be able to step up a little bit more this season. I would expect Damian Collins with his athleticism. We talked about him recently on the show. Jacob Toppin as well, who I think could potentially be a breakout player. But, like, how does that depth actually pan out? How does John Calipari actually utilize that? And speaking of John Calipari, the second reason here to be concerned about Kentucky basketball season, Calipari's offense. Now, it was one of the most efficient in the entire country last season, according to Ken Palm. I believe it was seventh nationally. Don't have the number right in front of me, but it was one of the best in the country last season. But I think the question that you have to ask here after seeing the way that some guys faltered down the stretch and I've kind of scrolled through message boards and social media, and you guys have given your thoughts in the YouTube comments about Coach Cal and his offense, and some of you have said it's outdated. Some of you have said that the sets that he runs aren't uh, beneficial for the personnel that he currently has. Some of you have questioned his ability of of surviving long-term in the SEC, and I think my big question here about the Calipari offense, is it too reliant on athleticism slash individual playmaking ability because that's fine if it is but the problem here is that you have to actually recruit the personnel to fit that mold and if you aren't capable of doing that every single year if you are not capable of going out and getting a couple of guards or wings or whatever that can create an isolation or can get their own shot or can just do things individually that you are asking them to do if you can't get that guy on roster you think you would like to think that that the next step then would be is like okay if I don't have the ability to recruit these guys then I have to adjust my offensive philosophy. Don't think Calipari is going to do that in my opinion. So I I think the question here is like, does the Calipari offense succeed? Even though in my opinion right now they don't really have the personnel to run it to perfection. Now I think they're gonna I think the offense is going to be good. I mean as long as Oscar Shibway is there I think it's going to be fine. But I think that, like I said earlier, Calipari's offense, little too reliant on athleticism and individual playmaking ability. Do you have that type of individual playmaker on your roster this year? Could it be Antonio Reeves? I don't know. Again, like I said earlier, he's an unknown right now. I mean, you would like to think that he projects out to be a really good player. What does the transition from a place like Illinois State to Kentucky look like, though? We'll just have to see. We will have to see. Again, I'm not advocate. I'm not. I, I want to be optimistic here. But I'm just playing devil's advocate. We're just looking at some of the examples of things that you could be concerned about. And then the final thing here, the final thing here, how does the team rally around Oscar Shibway if he doesn't replicate his numbers from last season? And I'm not saying like, well, if he averages a point and a rebound less, then like the team's going to be in grave danger. But my my thing that I've been thinking about this offseason is like Shibway's a good player. He's a really good player, obviously. Won every single award under the sun just about. And he's coming back to Kentucky to kind of boost his draft stock and to potentially get Kentucky a national title. But now that teams 
have gotten a season to watch Oscar Shibwe, kind of see what makes him tick. I'm curious to see how opponents prepare for him in 2022 during the 22-23 season. I'm curious to see if his production is a little different because teams understand how to prepare for him better. Now, that may not even be a reality. Like, I could just be saying nonsense right now because, I mean, teams... You would like to have you. You would like to think that the back half of the SEC schedule lat, this past season would have been able to figure in, him out, and nobody did. So the assumption could be heading into the season. Well, if nobody last year figured it out, then who's going to figure him out this season? Who's going to be who's going to be the special team to really figure Oscar Chibwe out? And I think you could make the argument that nobody will. But it's still a possibility that you know maybe he has a little bit of a dip, dip in production. Maybe he doesn't replicate his numbers from last season. Maybe he's not as overpowering because teams foul him a lot, teams put a lot of pressure on him individually as a rebound. I don't know. I don't know. But the question here is, how does the team rally whenever he's not firing on all cylinders? Because nobody's perfect. Does the offense stay as efficient? Because I think a question about the John Calipari offense, like, are we going to be taking a bunch of two-point jumpers this season? Now that Keon Brooks, king of the two-point jumper, is gone. We're going to talk about him a little bit, by the way. Now that guys like that are gone, are we still going to take those what are technically called inefficient shots? What what is it? How does the team maintain their efficiency whenever she weighs not playing like he normally does? And you also have to think about the defensive end as well. How does Kentucky protect the rim consistently? I think that's a question you have to ask. So th- those are three reasons to be concerned about Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. If you've got a thought about the team, uh, just the the program, the direction it's heading, anything about the way that this program is being run right now, or specifically. More specifically, this season, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. Again, at Locked on UK on Twitter, give us your thoughts. Before we get to what Lance Ware did in Brazil, just going absolutely ballistic in a couple of uh, games, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has these new things called Puffs. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've been talking about these things for quite some time, but they've got this new flavor called Birthday Cake. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. And that's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. And I actually just got some recently in the mail. And I actually, believe it or not, this is not a bit. I actually had one like half an hour before I started recording. They're really good. Like they're really good. I would actually encourage you guys to go and try it. So I've not had a lot of access to Built Bars in the past. Been hyping, hyping, up, hyping, up, uh, hyping it up on the show, talking about flavors like salted caramel and cookies and cream. Those are bangers. I would encourage you to go try them. But I've not had an opportunity to try the puffs. I've gotten to try them now, and I would highly encourage you to do so as well. They taste really good, and the fact that they're healthy for you, like I mentioned, 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. I mean, this is everything that you could want out of a protein bar. It's absolutely fantastic. You can go to built.com right now and get birthday cake puffs and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, you can use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Go get some birthday cake puffs. All right, moving along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Daw here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. So Lance Ware and Kareem Watkins went to an outreach trip in Brazil. And to provide a little bit more detail, this is from a press release uh, from Kentucky's uh, Kentucky Athletics, uh, their website. 
Ware and Watkins will travel to Brazil with Sports Reach for a 10-day outreach trip that combines competition with service to local communities. The Kentucky duo will travel to Brazil and a few different places that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce because I do not want to humiliate myself to compete in at least four games while also conducting se- conducting several quit- uh, clinics for local Brazilians. Including in the competition is a game against Paul Metters, one of Sao Paulo's top clubs. Ware and Watkins played on the same team in their most recent game. It was a 96-93 win uh, for Ware and Watkins and their team, and it was an overtime nonetheless, but... Here's the kicker. Lance Ware's stat line. Lance Ware, in the most recent game, again, 96-93 in overtime, he had 39 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 steals. He almost had a triple-double with steals. This is the backup center that Kentucky has right now. 39 points. 39 points. Again, let me repeat that. Included in the competition that that the, the Kentucky Dew is going to face, Paul Metters, one of Sao Paulo's best clubs, best basketball teams that they've got. Now, I don't know if they played Paul Metters or Paul Meters. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I don't know if they played them, but the fact that they're actually playing some legitimate competition and Lance Ware dropped 39 points, that is really exciting to see. Uh, and we're just if we're going to talk about offseason development here for a second, man. I mean, we've been talking about Jacob Toppin. We've been talking about Damian Collins. We just said a second ago, man, what does the depth depth in the front court look like? Like, are these guys actually going to perform? I'd like them to. I think there's potential for them to. But are they actually going to perform? To see Lance Ware drop 39 points, 10 rebounds, and then 8 steals, I would love to see the highlights from this game. I've not found them, but I would love to see them. That is absolutely phenomenal to see, and that kind of answers my question of the concern that I that some of you may have is like, well, what do things look like around Oscar Shibway? And I'm not I'm not saying that Lance Ware is going to be dropping 39 and 10 on any given night whenever Oscar Shibway is not ready to go. I'm just saying that I think that if he's doing things like this to work on his game in the offseason and he's playing this well in outreach trips, and I'm sure that they're going to have it all, a lot of different opportunities, like Kentucky's going to go to the Bahamas. I, I think that they're going to have a lot of opportunities to work on different stuff, and if Lance Ware can just continue to develop, he's going to be a good piece for the team this season if Cal's actually gives him minutes. So that's its own other thing. And also, I want to point out Kareem Watkins, by the way had nine points, and his stat line was actually pretty impressive as well. Nine points, three of five from three, and then he had three assists and three still steals as well. Very solid. Very solid for the bench point guard for the Wildcats. And so, yeah, I just wanted to point that out for a second, just kind of point out the fact that, you know, Lance Ware went absolutely insane. Cream Watkins had a good game. And then also, one more thing I wanted to point out here. Before we move on to Chris Rodriguez, Keon Brooks... And Kellen Grady participated in a G League scrimmage just a couple of days ago. Before I get into the stats, though, I just want to say Keon Brooks is, from what I can tell, not transferring uh, to a to another program. He's not coming back to Kentucky because Antonio Reeves apparently has claimed Keon Brooks is uh, number twelve. Go figure. Considering Brooks, or excuse me, Reeves wore it at, at Illinois State, but Keon Brooks recently in an interview said that he is all in on the NBA draft. This is per an article from Kentucky Sports Radio. I'm going to quote what was said here. This is what uh, Keon Brooks said. 
Said, I'm all in on the draft. My agent and uh, my parents have just thought that getting in the transfer portal was something that was good to keep to, good to do to keep my options open. Fair. Uh, we didn't want to close the door on anything. You never know what could happen. And then he said uh, he just let his parents handle it all in terms of his portal recruitment. So he literally just entered the transfer portal just to kind of give that uh, put that label on him. It's like, hey, if I don't go to the draft, if things just kind of don't work out, you know, I'm coming back uh, and uh, I'll definitely be looking at some options in the transfer portal. Uh, but it doesn't really seem like he was ever really interested in doing that. And now that he's gotten the clear, the uh, clear, the green light on the NBA draft, um, he's in. So recently he participated in a G League scrimmage in Chicago. Both him and Kellen Grady played. And uh, quite frankly, they did not play well. And Keon Brooks went uh, one of six from the floor with four points, seven rebounds. Kellen Grady only scored five points. Missed three of his four three-point tries. And uh, their team in the G League Elite Camp lost by 16 points. 97-81 to was the final score. Keon Brooks Jr. finished with a plus-minus of minus 13. And then Kellen Grady finished with a plus-minus of minus 3, which, believe it or not, not, was actually the third-best plus-minus out of the 10 guys that saw the floor for for uh, for this G League team. Team two, as as they are known, in the scrimmage. So yeah, I you know I would like to see personally. I'd love to see Kellen Grady uh, find his shot again. I'd love to see him perform well uh, in the pros. As for Keon Brooks, uh, the whole entire Keon Brooks situation just confuses me, man. And so I, I wish him the best of luck, but like, um, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle to get to where those guys want to get. And again, just best of luck to him. All right, I want to talk about what on earth is going on with Chris Rodriguez and just the situation surrounding him. And I'm not going to be too critical, but I, but I am at the same time. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one, one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoff odds, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs to esports and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked on Kentucky. Again, thank you so much for making Locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day. I know it's been a hot minute since the episode has been released. Really appreciate you guys sticking around to listen to today's episode. All right, Chris Rodriguez, star running back for the Kentucky Wildcats, has an opportunity to break a lot of school uh, records this season, specifically things uh, revolving around rushing yards. And uh, did some things Sunday morning that uh, were not okay. And instead of trying to explain it, I'll just read what CBS Sports released. This was an article written by CBS Sports, going to directly quote it here. Rodriguez was arrested early Sunday morning for careless driving and operating a motor, motor, motor vehicle under the influence, according to state records. Rodriguez, who was stopped at a, by the uh, University of Kentucky police, is also facing a charge of driving with a broken taillight. The citation notes that Rodriguez admitted to drinking one or two shots of alcohol mm-hmm, before driving. 
He was arrested without a breathalyzer test as his car failed to stay in its designated lane and delayed in pulling over. That's not what one or two shots will do to you, but all right, whatever. As the SEC's leading returning rusher, Rodriguez accounted for 1,379 yards uh, rushing and nine touchdowns in a breakout junior season. He earned first-team All-SEC honors from the Associated Press as the Wildcats went 10-3 and behind Rodriguez's nine 100-yard performances. So, the article kind of points out what I wanted to point out here. So, he got arrested. Reckless driving. Careless driving, excuse me. Driving under the influence. Driving with a broken taillight, which is the, the minor issue here. And on top of that, CBS notes like, well, I think some people reading this article like, well, who, who cares? Like people that don't know him. It's like, well, he was one of the best running backs in the SEC, led them, led the SEC in rushing, was an all SEC player. Uh, his team went 10 and three. He ran for 100 yards nine times. So this is one of the best running backs, not only in the SEC, but in the country. Veteran guy. And he decides on a Sunday to uh, to risk it for the biscuit, and the police got him. And I, I don't want to kind of get, I don't want to get into this too much, but I want to say before we get on to what happened with, uh, with the scheduling mistake with him having to show up to court and stuff, because there was apparently an arrest warrant released or whatever, I don't know, but before I get to that, I want to point out something. Like, sure, whenever things like this happen, it's not great. It's never great. Whenever you see, like, even a fifth-string guy, if the fifth-string quarterback comes out there and, and, and this a, a, a story like this is released, like, it, you, it's never great to see it. But to see one of your leaders on your team, to see one of the best running backs in the game right now, at least in terms of college, to see him with just... To, to, make, to make a decision like this is just... I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's not, it's not a good look. It shows a lack of discipline, in my opinion. And again, I don't want to get—I don't want to be too incredibly harsh because you know things happen. People make mistakes. It's okay. Um, but for for one of your one of your big time guys to to do something like this again shows a lack of dis- discipline. Shows a lack of maturity, in my opinion, especially for a senior. Eh, but I will say it's something I don't expect as a whole from the team str- to struggle with moving forward. I think this is going to be one of those one time things with C Rod. And I hope it is. I hope I hope it is. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Thankfully, this is not something even more uh, egregious that we were that we're discussing today. So I, I think that it's one of those where it's just like, ah, you know what? It happened. Um, you've got to be able to ha- at least have a conversation and say, look, we've got to find a way to get this under control because as one of the best players in the SEC, we can't we we can't afford you. We can't afford to see you doing things like this. We want to make sure that you're safe. And also, it, it could damage the team, right? Imagine if he had gotten suspended. Imagine if he had gotten thrown in prison. You know, imagine if he had, if it had been something so bad, he would he, he would have been removed from playing for the team, from the team. That would have been detrimental to Kentucky's upcoming season. And and that's not that's not on anybody but Chris Rodriguez. That's on him. You know, so you've you've got to be able to show a little bit more discipline, I think. And you got to be able to be a little bit, little bit more careful because that could have, it could have been worse. And here's a note here from CBS WKYT, uh, just kind of talking about you know whatever happened with the scheduling mistake with him trying to show up in court. Uh, this is what CBS WKYT said: We've learned from Kentucky that a scheduling mistake is the reason Kentucky star running back Chris Rodriguez did not show up to court. 
uh, on Friday. He was set to be arranged on a DUI charge. A judge issued an arrest warrant for failure to appear uh, with a bond of $200. Kentucky tells us neither Rodriguez nor his attorney showed up to court due to a scheduling mistake in the attorney's office. Kentucky said Rodriguez was specifically advised by his attorneys to not attend because they would attend on his behalf. Again, just to kind of recap, this is one of those things where it's going to be fixed. Again, it's not a good look for a team leader, especially a senior like Chris Rodriguez, especially one of the better running backs in the SEC. Doing things like this could really end up costing the team. I, 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 don't, I don't appreciate it. I don't think anybody on the coaching staff does, quite frankly, probably more than I do. It's one of those, those things where you got to be able to get it under control and say, okay, it was a mistake. Let's move on. Let's not make the same mistake again. That's just my opinion on it. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh. You know, there's all there's always room for forgiveness and stuff like this. But again, it could have been so much worse. And that's my fear, is that it could have been worse. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. You can also hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.